It's Wednesday, January 14th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Mann and Bill Barker. That's true. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. I don't know how we made it. Made it through the snow, through the massive dusting. I saw a flake. <laughs> It was it was a very angry snowflake on my way. <laughs> the area has hit a new low. <laughs> That's right. Our kids are home from school for the snowflake, the, the theory of snow. Yeah, we're going to get to the business of snow, but uh, let's let's get to what's happening, and we'll get to some bank earnings because earnings season has kicked off this week. But let's start with Detroit and what's happening there. North American International Auto Show going on this week. And automakers from all over the world coming in for it, but the one that is in the spotlight today is Tesla Motors, and that is because CEO Elon Musk said late on Tuesday that his company is not going to turn a profit until the year 2020. And which isn't soon. <laughs> which is not anytime soon. Yeah. And I don't know, Bill. I think that for certainly what we're seeing with the stock falling today, it certainly seems like there are at least a few investors who are saying, you know what? <laughs> who were counting on profits? Well, they were counting on profits <laughs> sooner than five years from now. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing to, to remember in, in any company when you are when you are projecting five years out, those, in fact, are guesses. So I think probably the reaction to the stock is more like, it's not that profits are being promised five years from now. It's that they're being promised five years from now, maybe, right? And Tesla has uh, Tesla is a company with a halo around it. It is a company that is in some ways, you know, based upon magic. I think a lot of people who are shareholders of Tesla, uh, similar to shareholders of Amazon, you know, back in the day, but then also today, are assuming that profits are going to come fast and furious at some point. Um, I don't really understand why the stock is down based on this news. I don't also understand why the stock was up so much over the last. You know, let's let's just put this on another. You know, another thing about Tesla stock that I don't quite understand. Um, company's fine. I mean, there's nothing. You know, there's 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 no there's no additional risk here by the you know by the information that he's you know that that he's been putting out. But I mean, to me. The fact that you know that it's going to be 2020, given all their capital expenditures in the meantime, is not. It's really kind of unsurprising. Is there a chance that that he said this not just because he believes it's true, but that uh, maybe on let's s- hope <laughs> maybe on some level he also wanted to sort of send a signal to uh, to at least some of the investing base, some of the shareholders, and just say, "Hey, look, people, I, just so we're clear." Yeah. This is what you're buying into. Well, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what's behind the numbers because Tesla is profitable. Uh, you know, it's got reported profits for this year, year to date. Uh, it has Four. expectations of earning uh, well over two dollars a share next year. So, I mean, if this is a radical, and I don't think it is, um, recalculation of the profitability of the company over the near and intermediate term, then you could understand some. You know, extreme reactions to that. Not that six percent on a, a high flying stock is that big a reaction. Um, I think that if the quarter and part of this has to do with the timing of when you can record sales versus when the you know the money is taken in and when the car is delivered, and so you've got some accounting details there which might impact the profitability for this quarter to a degree that that people need to take a, take note of, but is not really an economic change in the company. I'm not sure that he's saying anything that is changing the economics of, of what we expect from the business, 
but he has been willing in the past to say things like the stock is overvalued here, yeah. right? <laughs> so if uh, he'll answer a question honestly without the mental calculation of what is this going to do to the stock price that yeah. a lot of CEOs will do. Yeah, I completely appreciate and admire Musk's willingness just to tell the truth as he sees it. And I, you know, I, is it actually the truth? I mean, you know, we're going to find out five years from now, but I, I have no doubt that what he is telling us is what he believes to be entirely true about the company's prospects. Last question about Tesla Motors. Uh, how much of uh, investors' um, thesis for the stock should be, in your mind, tied to Elon Musk? Because this is a, a guy who has other interests in the form of SolarCity and SpaceX. And it is not inconceivable that at some point in the next five years, he decides to hand the reins of Tesla Motors over to someone else. Uh, that's a really that's a really great question. Um, I Thanks. think it needs. Thank it, you. I mean, honestly, you're, <laughs> we should end on that. Yeah. So few of your questions are good. Um, <laughs> oh, I remember one last year. <laughs> yeah, there was that one that was awesome. So uh, I would say that you do need to tie. I mean, I think that I, I think that one of the theses for Tesla has to be that they have they have a superior management to almost any other car manufacturing company in the world, and that is it is centered upon Elon Musk. But if he has not developed his bench at Tesla at this point with his other interests, which already exist, uh, then he's not doing a good job there. So tesla has been you know people are commingling elon musk with tesla and probably they should but uh i would think that uh that that over time if he's doing a good job at developing a company that you will see some some real bench strength and and to answer it in a different way if the question is how much should investors care uh seven Seven, seven percent, or just seven? I, if I have to define what follows seven, you shouldn't be invested. <laughs> we should move along then. Uh, the big banks are starting to report their quarterly earnings. Uh, both Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan Chase uh, latest results out this morning, and both stocks are down. Um, on the face of it, Wells Fargo seemed to sort of deliver uh, against expectations. Um, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, shares down around 5%, because uh, they are still dealing with, among other things, uh, the uh, penalties that they had to pay uh, from last year yeah. and, and setting aside money for that. Uh, I don't know. Is this? Uh, we talk from time to time about how the big banks are among other things, hated by a lot of investors. Uh, does you know if if you look at that and you think, well, gosh, J.P. Morgan Chase for whatever you think of them and whatever you think of Jamie Dimon, they're not going away anytime soon. And so maybe this is a buying opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think that the issue with the banks is is as much of a of, of a spread game as anything else. The fact that that Treasuries today and we were we were discussing this yields are at an all time low, so therefore Treasuries are are at an all time high. So it's very difficult for that for for the banks to uh, you know to to generate income from you know from 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 their spreads their their net interest margins are you know are are fairly depressed and and the longer that is you know the the, the longer that that is the case the harder it will be for the banks to you know to 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 really develop you know to generate outsized profits so I didn't think these were bad quarters particularly for Wells. Um, you know the the penalties that J.P. Morgan pays; those are 
should be one time in nature, although there seems to be a lot of them, right. uh, <laughs> a lot of one time charges. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not not a bad quarter for either of them. But I think that uh, you know that that there are larger issues facing the big banks. Uh, you know what's getting. Some of the headlines today is Diamond's uh, declaration that the banks are are under quote under assault uh, from regulators, and I guess from the perspective of somebody who's been around the industry for a long time and has seen banks more or less allowed to do whatever they want to do for a very long period of time, and now that we've got Dodd Frank, we've got a lot of other things. We've got actually some administrative efforts going into looking into the many, 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 many allegations of, of misbehavior, uh, it, it may seem like the things are under assault. And, you know, if there's a different regulatory framework that is going to apply going forward, that makes the calculation of the bank's worth harder to do. You know, Wells Fargo didn't trot that out today. Uh, they may be less under assault, although they've certainly had their issues too. Um, you know, I think that it is a, always a very difficult calculation as to what you are investing in w- with these these banks. There, yeah. there are so many different operations they have. Looking at the balance sheet is, uh, unless you're going to make a career out of it, it's almost a waste of time um, in, in terms of trying to figure out what is underneath all those numbers. And, and so that makes days when you're delivering suboptimal news, uh, easy ones for the market to lean on. Say, well, there you go. There you go. I don't understand what, what you are. I would say that, uh, that that while it is easy and perhaps, you know, Really attractive to th- you know to to point to Jamie Dimon's comments and say, well, he's just whining. I mean, the banks have you know the the banks have taken advantage of people for years. Not that long ago, the the British banking regulators came out and called the uh, the American uh, regulatory um, framework for for banks wholly ineffective, and they said that they're not going to follow you know in the foot in the footsteps of of Dodd Frank. So I think he's probably in some ways. Uh, not wrong. Well, he's, he, I think that in the reference to how did things used to go and how are the things going today and how do they look going forward, there is a much larger degree of not only regulations uh, through Dodd Frank, but of scrutiny of following those regulations. Yeah. And uh, you know, there was a lot of griping and and still is today that. After everything in in 08, 09, there just hasn't been the follow through from the administration, um, you know, in, in looking into what went wrong and bringing anybody, you know, to to bear for for what went went on. And from the perspective of Wall Street's banks, I think it, it does probably seem unfair, uh, having been used to one regime and and finding themselves in a new one today. Right. Although you gotta like their chances. You gotta like their chances. No, I mean, do I'm, not, okay. I'm, not, I'm not disputing that they feel under assault, but I'm if you just, just if you're looking at this in terms of a boxing match or a football game or sure. just a war, it's sure. like, well, yes, technically, there's there are two sides. Regulations here. tend to be responsive to something, but so I, they are now contemplating their next move. They've hired a lot of the old regulators. There is yeah. a uh, there's a well worn path going from the SEC and uh, you know from other banking regulators to Wall Street and vice versa. And I don't expect that to uh, stop anytime. I'm just too. saying, I like their chances. Yeah. Radio at fool.com is our email address, and uh, as I think we expected, 
We got a number of responses to our discussion the other day about uh, two-hour delays from Dan Cuming, uh, listener, self-identified as listener number 3.1415. We've been having quite a few two-hour delays in Wisconsin. If the wind chill is below 30 degrees Fahrenheit, they will call a two-hour delay. I'm willing to bet your Washington DC Whiner. <laughs> I'm willing to bet your Washington DC friends can't even comprehend a wind chill of negative 30. From Nick Blackman, number uh, listener number 99 for the J.J. Watt fans out there. Down here in Houston, schools shut down if there is a possibility of snow or ice on the roads. And from Vicki Gardner in North Carolina, who writes, We have two-hour delays several times a year here in Durham and the rest of the Piedmont. It's pronounced Durham. Durham, sorry. Uh, no snow plows, not enough sand and salt trucks. Let's just wait a while till the roads get safe. So I guess in that sense, you're just, you're just banking <laughs> I, on the sun. If I could respond to Dan for a second. The problem here isn't that everyone is from here and therefore they're, un, you know, they're, they're unable to contemplate 30, to 30 below. The problem with Washington, D.C. is that people are from everywhere. And so you're dealing with people from Wisconsin on the roads, and you're also dealing with people from Florida on the roads. From- well, you're you're from Maine, yes. Chris. Do you remember negative thirty someday? I I've been in negative thirty two uh, in upstate New York a few times once. Sure, yeah, but yeah, there have been a couple times where where and in that case, it's just bundle up and minimize your time outside. Yeah, <laughs> but but go outside and wait for the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of, and we were talking about nice this. bona fides. Well done. <laughs> um, in terms of the business of snow, we were talking uh, earlier today about Compass Minerals because I was asking, well, like, well, someone's going to be making on this all this rock salt. Who is it? And um, yeah. and Compass Minerals, the publicly traded company, the stock is not doing as as quite as well as I would have guessed because I just sort of look at more parts of the country dealing with snow more than they did say 30 years ago and i'm my assumption are, are they i i think so i think certainly they're following this global warming thing uh, I, I mean i don't i don't think that there's more snow today there was yeah. more snow in our area last no, but year I would say, but I, that followed i think three years of no snow yeah so you know weather it's variable and you know, if if you have a good year, uh, but you know what does go up every single year? Liability, liability for weather. I mean, governments are expected to handle it. I mean, I remember growing up in North Carolina, so it snowed like three times. So don't take this as being you know as 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 being anything you know super knowledgeable. But when it snowed. We dealt with it by waiting for it to melt on the roads. I mean, that was just how it was it was handled. And you know, now here there's an expectation that every road will be plowed and quickly. And I, I, well, I, there, I, I think a, that there's I think a hope. That's there's a hope that they'll be plowed and quickly. Do you, but you don't expect the back roads to be yeah. plowed that quickly, do you? I mean, yeah. that's just I, there's a political liab- there's a political liability for not doing so. Yeah. And no, I think there's more efficiency. Like, like the days in D.C., and I don't remember what year it was. Maybe you were in the area. Maybe not. This was in the Marion Barry era. One of them. Uh, where there had been a few early snows, and, and the district ran out of snow budget. Yeah. Like in January or right. February, and there was some massive snow, and the response was, yeah, we don't have any money. That happened in 2011. I mean, it happened in a lot of places. But but there was just, I mean, a, a statement like, yeah, we're not cleaning up the snow. We don't we don't have it in our budget. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and I think there's more efficiency, you know, regarding there is probably like that that's but, just not acceptable. There is, but there's also there. Uh, back to my comment about you know more snow. I mean, to go back to when John F. Kennedy was inaugurated. Okay, so January of 1961, there was snow the night before, and the way that uh, the region dealt with the snow was because there were not really plows on hand. One of the ways that they dealt with the snow was they got some nice guys to come over from the Pentagon with flamethrowers. And they were literally blasting Pennsylvania Avenue with flamethrowers to melt the snow. Why did we change from that? See, that would make a great YouTube now. Flame versus flame versus ice. You know who's going to win. I, I, I just I just think uh, that someone's got to you know to to your point about liability going up. I totally get that, but I think that that more money people need to start thinking um, more strategically about how are we spending money, how yeah. much money are we setting aside, because otherwise it's just going to be well we're just we're just going to uh, inadvertently we're going to teach our children. That they are porcelain dolls who have to be handled very, very gently. <laughs> this and is I where don't the think, show's going off the rails. I don't think we, so, we, well, that, this generation's already been raised <laughs> like that. Don't to, you think? I don't think so. They're not. But, they're not anywhere near as tough as we were. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys are old. <laughs> to circle back to 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 wait to wait Columbus, wait though. wait. How much did your dad drive you around back in the day? Never. 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 How much time do you spend driving your kids to everywhere? More than never. <laughs> Way more than ever. So to circle back to Compass, though, I think that I, I think that this discussion actually highlights why the stock may may not really react. It's they're not driven by snow or ice. They're driven by capital budgets of municipalities and other jurisdictions, which are fixed. So. It is a company that, you know, while weather is variable, budgets tend not to be. So, I mean, you're talking about stockpiles and things like that. It, that evens out over time. But that, you know, so those sorts of things are hard to predict. Government budgets are pretty easy to predict. I well, they're, they're going up. I mean, yeah. it's uh, good economic times. Yeah. Government's going to help itself out to, to some more money uh, through one, yeah. one form or another. So, I, But it's not like they ever surprise you, though. No, and they don't go up by 10% or you know, the yeah. kinds of growth numbers that, that impress investors. Yeah. Uh, you want a snow stock that's, that's done well over the last year, Vail Resorts, yes. with, with yet another great ticker, MTN. So we love a good ticker. Yeah. All right, Bill Mann, Bill Barker, thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.